Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, uh, we're back. The back row boys, Hutch and Steve, talking uh, Chicago Cubs pitching this week. We went through the 13 guys, was it? 13. The 13 guys that are most likely to uh, be on the opening day roster. 13's a lot. Um, But there are way more guys in camp than that. There's like a slew of guys that I'm sort of like, and to, to, to be honest with you, it took me a little bit of doing to figure out who some of these guys were. So I did it. I took one for the team. Uh, some interesting stories. I haven't seen them all throw uh, in spring training yet because they've only had a couple of TV games, and there's only so much you can glean from the radio, which consists in spring training. Radio is a lot of dead air, and then somebody nodding, saying, "Hey, say something." <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's run run down the list of of who we have not talked about that is in the the Cubs major league camp. And we'll see uh, what we know about him. Uh, Anduri Acevedo. Acevedo. Anduri Acevedo. Okay, he he has he plenty gave up, of options. Yeah, he's he. This is a very weird guy. He signed as a young man, I believe. In the uh, I may this may be wrong. First, the Padres, then the Yankees organization as a position player. And then when he hit about 21 or 22, somebody got the bright idea to convert him to a pitcher. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a big kid with a lively arm. He kind of, the way he throws it, he's got kind of like uh, three-quarter sidearm-y, doesn't really get on top of the ball all the time kind of arm. Reminds me a little bit of Carlos Marmol, except that when he misses, the ball goes flying off toward the right-handed batter's box. So he doesn't have... Anywhere near the kind of command. Well, that's not good. No. Hit he the bull. Well, it's one of these things where you're talking about, and I, I believe in, the, in one of the articles I called them unknowns and, and prospects. A prospect is someone who has potential but is not proven, and then an unknown is somebody who's proven it in the past but not lately. Uh, Acevedo is a prospect. Um, he's got a lively arm. He, he looked to me like, yeah kind of low, mid-90s fastball, and movement. Movement is good. Velocity is good. Not when it moves into the right-hander's batter's Yes, box. you know, <laughs> uh, pasting people in the face with the ball. That's not good. Eh, well, usually it's not good. I can think of a couple of guys I wouldn't mind seeing get hit. And I shouldn't really say that because you don't like to see guys get injured. You know, right. I, I I grew up in, in the era of brushback pitching and did some of it myself, and it was like, okay, no big deal. Times have changed. So get get with the program here. Um, so Acevedo's a guy that I I don't know right now from what I've seen he may like pitch 
double A or something. I mean, he needs to learn command, but he's got a lively arm and and some potential. What is he? Twenty five. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, he's an he's an older rookie, mm-hmm. but in terms of pitching years, you know, he's not. So it's kind of right. it's kind of weird, and and the Cubs got a lot of like twenty seven, twenty eight year old guys that haven't proven it yet that you'll uh, you'll see on this list. But this is a guy that's worth keeping an eye on, yeah, kind of maybe for next year, if if he can go down anywhere, if he goes to Double A, and goes through pitches. 15 innings and only walks one guy, the Cubs may be looking to bring him up, you know, to pitch like, you know, a sixth inning or something and see if he can do it. Right. Because if anything happens to Justin Graham or Neil Ramirez, the the one inning, seventh, eighth, and nine guys are where we're really, I feel like we're thin, you know, given the way things are now. That could change, but okay, who's well, next? Sure. Uh, Dale's Beeler. Yeah, Dallas Beeler's been around. Uh, we've brought him up to spot start. Um, I expect he'll he'll remain in Iowa. Um, I don't, you know, he's one of these guys that, and there's a bunch of these guys on the list that, you know, in in AAA they they seem okay. They get guys out. Their numbers aren't that bad, but they come up uh, to the bigs and get shelled. Yeah, well. and I don't know if that's a lack of ability or or something else like they're nervous or they're trying too hard or you know what have you. Back in the early. 90s, the White Sox used to have the best AAA pitching staff in baseball. Yeah. And then nothing. Yeah. They would come up and just get hammered. We DFA'd a guy last year, Blake Parker, who uh, was like the league leader in ERA in AAA, and I don't think it was ever below five when he came up. I mean, there are just some guys that, like, for whatever reason, either it's their location or, or they lose that liveliness in their arm that gives their ball extra movement where major league hitters don't seem to have a problem, right. you know, squaring them up. You know, so those are the guys that you know, you definitely Yeah, those are the well, that's the unfortunate thing to me is that's what you have to worry about. Guys that guys that just don't seem to translate from the minor leagues to successful minor leagues to after multiple opportunities in the majors, there's only so many times you can give them a chance. Yeah, and no. there's another guy on this list that has had stellar numbers in AAA and her- terrible numbers in 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 the majors. So, you yeah. know, it's one of those things where you hope that you know your your collection of pitching coaches and what have you can somehow, you know, turn the switch or right, you right know, the ship. wave the magic <laughs> wand or give the guy the one tip that that you really need to yeah one you know, little put him over the top. tip whatever stretch yeah. tip. Doesn't yeah, you know, or just some instill some confidence in them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're up there thinking you're going to get hit, odds are you will. Right. You know, you got to throw with uh, like Jake Arrieta. Somebody asked him at some interview, which is one of these kind of bonehead mainstream media questions. Hey, are there any hitters you're afraid of in the National League? And he's like, well, not right now. <laughs> and I think what he meant was, well, I'm not pitching right now, so nobody. But I, I think when you see John Carlos Stanton in the batter's box, you know you better bring it. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know it's, that fear is the right word for right, that. I, you know, I yeah. fear no man. I am Lumberjake. Yeah. Is like, is that what you want him to say? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I, there's I really no know. good answer to that question because it can be misconstrued so many ways yeah. that, it, that you're just inviting him to Adam to Eaton school of tweets. Step on himself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think I don't, honestly don't think Jake Arrieta would fear anybody. But I'm sure he knows that he definitely has to concentrate very, very hard and make sure that he's executing his pitches. I mean, you know, 
he probably at, in the major league level, you want to do that at all times. Yeah. And not just because Giancarlo Stanton yeah. is in the batter's box. Even it? if it's a number eight hitter, why waste pitches on this exactly. guy? Get him out and let's move on. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. So That's that was you... Greg Maddox's beauty. You know, I grew up watching like Fergie Jenkins and he'd get ahead 0 and 2 and then, oh, he's wasting a pitch. And Greg Maddox is like, well, why, why waste a yeah. pitch? Uh, why not? Why not strike can, him out on I, three? Because I can throw it right yeah. there. <laughs> that guy. He was uh, so good. Aaron Brooks is next. He also has options. Yeah, he's a new pickup. Um, yeah, I don't remember him. Oh, I remember. We got him for Chris Coughlin. We got okay. him from Oakland. Okay. Right. Yeah, he uh, pitched, ugh, I don't know. He had like maybe nine starts for Oakland and had an ERA north of six. So, um, Ouch. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't think that he's got much experience uh, in the bullpen either. He'll probably start in AAA, but he's one of these guys. He has options, right? Yes. Yeah, he's one of these guys that may be up and down as, as far as starting pitching. Right. So I, I, I assume it's like kind of depth. Uh, you know, he's got – I think he's got three pitches. So we'll we'll see how that works. But, yeah, I, I can't see him breaking camp with the team. Yeah, unless he totally figures it out. Well, he's but. not only does he have to figure it out, he's got to convince them he's going to be better than Hamill. Right. Or Hendricks. Uh, Rex Brothers – yeah, that's an interesting one. He's, he's out uh, of options. <clears throat> well, he's one of these guys. Is he zero on the options, or he's, he's a four-five guy? Five guy? Yeah, he's a four-five guy. If they send him down, he can refuse and become a free agent. Um, let me see if I remember how we got him. If we got him in a trade, or if he was a uh, a free agent pickup. I think we got him in a trade. I think we got him for like Wander Cabrera or something. Some minor leaguer I've never heard of. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's left-handed. Yeah. Two or three years ago, he was throwing in the 97s, and he was the closer of the future for Colorado. And then every year since, his velocity's dropped and his command has gotten worse. Not That's a really, bad recipe for yeah, success. Not really what you want in a, in a right. pitcher. Uh, I watched him. Uh, David Ross was catching him. He struck out four guys in two innings and threw four wild pitches. <laughs> really? Yeah, and they're all in the in dirt. Training? Yeah, they're all in the dirt. So it's kind of hard to tell if if he's throwing, you know. Was he ever on the major league club in Colorado, or he was yeah. just there? Okay. He was like going to be their closer of the future. He had a really good year in like 2013. He was throwing BBs, and everybody was comparing him to Billy Wagner. Okay. So I mean, so he's what I call an unknown. He's done it in the past, but not lately. And I, I'm sure the Cubs were, would love if 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 he could pitch well enough to to make the team. Um, yeah, 97 mile an hour lefty. Yeah. But he's not throwing 97, and somebody tweeted, and this is why I'm such a wise ass. Somebody tweeted, oh, you know, it looked like Madden said that, you know, he got one up to 97, and I'm like, it was probably on the ricochet because it didn't look like 97 to me. It looked like he's throwing like 92, 93. He's got like a back foot slider, and he's throwing fastballs, but everything he threw in the zone got squared up, Mm -hmm. and that's a bad sign. If your fastball is straight and it's 92 miles an hour, I don't know who you're going to get out. Not many. Is his splits are better against lefties than righties? I mean, how many lefty only guys can you have on your staff? You already got thirteen pitchers, so I don't see how he's going to fit in. It, this may be one of those things where they talk him into accepting a minor league assignment, and in order to do that, they may have to expose him to waivers. In which case, they'll just say, "Well, it didn't work out," and you know, some of these guys that you see pitching for the Cubs in this. Uh, training camp are also showcasing themselves for other teams. And it may be that Rex Brothers is like 
that's where he's at. If there's injuries, guys on the DL where they can keep him on the roster, they will. But, you know, given what I've seen, I'd rather have Travis Wood. And they look, like, very similar to me as as far as, like, lefties. Okay. You know, they they, they throw the same type of stuff. Travis Wood just seems to have it way more consistent, way better command. Carl Edwards Jr. Yeah, he was up last year. I mean, this is probably the best young arm that that we have in the minors that's close to being major league ready. I'm not sold that he's major league ready. He looked like a very green rookie when they had him pitch last year. He got hit right away. Um, again, he's, you know, if they could, like, have an extra – serving a Wheaties in the morning and get the fastball up above 95. You know, these guys all seem to be like 92, 93. Mm -hmm. He's got a breaking ball with some movement. He's had command issues. I mean, he's got plenty of options. You know, they're looking at him. He's a rail. He's 6'3", 170. I'm not even sure he's 170. Really? I think that if he was lying down, people would, like, pick him up they and start even hanging, trip over him? hanging their jerseys on him. <laughs> no, he's he's thin. And what bothers me about him is he's wearing the number six. And I'm like, dude, if anybody should not be wearing like a single digit number, it's you. It just makes you look even thinner. I mean you're you're not in you know, you're not I mean, Pedro Martinez wasn't big either, but no. this guy looks like the wind at Wrigley is gonna blow him right into the dugout. So um he, he's likely to start in AAA. I, you know, it's one of these things where they're bringing guys up so the big league coaches can kind of see what they've got. Well, and when they have their meetings, they'll be like, I mean, well, the, yeah. You invite X amount of people, and like you said, I mean, if he's one of their better arms in AAA, he's definitely going to get an invite to camp and, and you know, try and show what he's got, whether it relates to next year or two years down the road. Well, you know. when I say one of the better arms in camp, or one of the better arms in the system, what I mean is one of the better arms that's close to being major league ready mm-hmm. because there are guys in double A that are probably going to be pretty good prospects starting next year. Guys like Dylan Cease and guys that they drafted high in the last year or two. You might start seeing those guys. Uh, but Carl Edwards, you know, I, I, I just, from what I've seen, he's no. Look you got a team that won 97 games, and and we've already penciled in 13 bullpen spots. I mean, if you can't prove that you're going to help us win today, I don't think we can use you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, Iowa's going to be – the Iowa Cubs are looking like they're going to be pretty good, and I think that's where he's going to end up. Pierce Johnson. Yeah, same deal. He's looked okay when I've seen him throw, but I don't know that he's got <clears> – <throat> I mean, I hate to say that he's a foray type of stuff, but he has not proven to anyone that he can compete at the major league level and and consistently get guys out. He he's not a uh, he doesn't look to me like a guy that's going to miss a lot of bats. He doesn't look to me like a, somebody with at least one plus pitch. Mm-hmm. So given that, I don't see how you can use him in the bullpen. Right. You know, everybody in the bullpen that we've had, and I'm talking about like the, the back end rotation guys, like Strope's got a great slider, Grimm's got a great curveball, Rondon's got a great fastball. Neil Ramirez has a very good fastball, he, at least he did, and a very good curveball. Um, with, without that plus stuff, I don't see how you're going to help there, and the middle relief is already chock full of guys that want to be starters. So I don't, I don't see any room for, for Pierce Johnson anytime soon. If he can go down to Iowa and string together, you know, 10 really good starts, 
they might they might start looking at him as a guy that that could come up and start some games for him if they need to. But uh, I think it's more, you know, they'll be looking at him for next year. Jason Hamill will not be back with the Cubs next year if if he underperforms. I guarantee you that. We do well, have. Yeah, I could understand. Yeah, that. for the for the five. For the five, uh, for the five hole in the rotation, we've we we do have some. I think Adam Warren's a pretty good option there, but the I think I said it earlier. I don't mean to repeat myself. I think Hamill's got the first uh, crack at that right uh, five spot. Um, Eric Jokish, yeah, Eric Jokish has already been knocked around uh, a lot, uh, and I, I think I put him in the same category as uh, Pierce Johnson. He's been up. Spot starting for us the last two years and is, you know, really not gotten anywhere. I think fourteen innings and three homers or something. I mean, I mean, it's, he's not done well mm-hmm. when in the limited opportunities that he's had in the major league uh, in the major league ballparks. You know, he's older now. He's wiser. One would hope. So we'll see. But I'm pretty sure he's going to be like your number two starter in Iowa starting. Uh, in April. Spencer Patton. Now, here's a guy I like. I believe, uh, let me think, if we got him from Texas or not. You don't remember, do you? No. Oh, I remember now. This is the guy we got from Texas. Who For? Uh, De, De La Rosa, some, another minor leaguer I've never heard of. Um, and I, I confess I am not, like, all over, you know, who we have in low A ball. You know, right. it's too many guys to keep track of. A hard enough time keeping track of the Cubs ro- roster. It's um, a very rare <clears throat> player that comes from A ball. He looked anyway. He looked really good in the inning I saw him pitch the other day. Um, oh, he, well, he's Clayton Richard then. Well, he, he looked good for an inning. <laughs> he pitched twenty-seven <laughs> innings for Texas last year and got knocked around a lot, but averaged over a strikeout an inning and looked really sharp. Uh, when I saw him pitch, he's got good movement. He's got decent velocity. He's a guy that they may think could replace a guy like Justin Grimm if Grimm goes down. He looks like he has the potential to be a you know one inning, seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, not ninth. But he looks like he's got potential to uh, be a back end guy. And you know these guys, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I told you I finished Moneyball the other day. Yeah. The one thing uh, that relates to this, what we're talking about from the Moneyball book, was uh, Billy Bean talking about how he would artificially inflate the value of his closers. Mm-hmm. And his attitude was like, you could get any strong-arm guy and give him opportunities and, and he'll save games, but everybody looks and sees how many saves Billy Cock has and they think he's worth all this money. Well, I got him for nothing. I built up his value. Now I'm going to flip him and get five prospects for him or something. I mean... So when you look at guys that are pitching in the 6th, 7th, and 8th, all you need is a guy that can throw strikes with, you know, kind of major league velocity and some movement, and, you know, you'll get ground outs. They're not all, you're not going to give up, like, home run after home run after yeah, home run. Sure. But you don't have to be, uh, you know, Sandy Koufax either. So Patton's look good. I'm going to keep my eye on him. There's a couple of guys that I've looked at as being like, you know, maybe this guy can make it, and, and Spencer – Patton's one of them. The fact that they went out and got him from Texas, I think that's where we got Justin Grimm from. So um, it seems like we evaluate some of these Texas prospects better than they do. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And the last guy on the list is C.J. Reifenhauser. Well, there's one more down at the bottom there, I think. 
uh, and Reifenhauser is another guy, you know, a lefty. I think Reifenhauser is the guy that has been phenomenal in AAA and then horrible in the majors. Reifenhauser? Reifenhauser okay. on that we, pronunciation. Yeah, he was the guy uh, that we got from the Orioles the week that they sent, they claimed and waived uh, Edgar almost like 17 times. Every time I looked, uh, they were claiming Edgar almost and then waving him. Like he was the 40th the, guy the in Cubs? the 40-man. Yeah, the Cubs. So uh, Riffenhauser, uh, how, how do I? Riefenhauser. Riefenhauser's from the Orioles. Oh, how, how handy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, his numbers in the minors are really, really good. I think that's what the Cubs are basing this on because his, his major league production just hasn't been there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got Arietta from the Orioles and we got Strope from the Orioles. So this may be another, hey, look. Here's another guy they messed up we can get, fix. Get everybody from Texas and the yeah. Orioles. Uh, does he have options? Uh, let's see. Uh, one. Okay. Then then I, I would think that, that he would start in in Iowa, and then they'd bring him up if, if need be. Do you lose an option every time you get traded? No. It, it has to do – an option is really a year. So if you see a one, that means that a player has one year of options left where you can send him up and down freely without exposing him to waivers or having to outright him and stuff like that, where you have control over mm-hmm. him throughout your organization. There's ramifications if, if they're on the major league or if they're on the 40-man or if they're not on the 40-man and you're going to take them off the 40-man and put them on and stuff like that. That's a different like layer of complexity, and believe me, it's a lot of complexity. So the one is a year. Is it, Yeah, it's actually a year. To do how they fit. So next fit. year, he'll be out of options. So now Clayton Richards, who's got three years of options, but he's notes four and five, which means that goes into service time, right? So it, that it, all changes your options by... It, it, goes, it goes into service time. It goes into how much you've been optioned in the past. And it also goes into the type of contract that you sign. Okay. So uh, when it, it, it's complicated stuff. And I could see why Joe Madden says, yeah, we'll go to the room with the geeks in it and ask them, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, eventually you, you get all these, you know, you can you can find this stuff on yourself on the Internet if you really want to. You know, how does so-and-so bat against left-handed pitching during the day on grass late in the season? And you'll get a number. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how meaningful it'll be. I mean, I I kind of like I use sabermetrics to kind of clue me in as far as like am I interpreting what I'm seeing correctly you know what I mean if I think a guy's like kind of lousy against left-handed hitting and I go look at his splits and and he's hitting righties 150 points better than lefties then okay I was right Mm -hmm. this guy's a real hard time hitting lefties if if I think that a pitcher is tougher on lefties than righties and I look it up and you know, the batting average is the same. I'll be like, okay, I must just be seeing the games where the lefties hit them and then missing the games where the lefties yeah. don't kind of thing, you know. So it, it's a good counterbalance to check your own perceptions of what you're watching. But I don't think you can lock yourself in a room with all these numbers and then come up with the correct answer correct. all the time. I just think that that's, that's asinine. Yeah. You know, and I, I swear to God, on Major League Network, there are people that are talking that I swear to God, they, didn't know, they don't even know a baseball has stitches. But yet they're coming up with all this stuff, all the Pakota projections and mm-hmm. stuff that are all, you know, have the uh, Kansas City Royals losing or winning 79 games this year again. 
And they're right. like, well, what about this guy, this guy? Oh, well, they're all going to regress. Really? You said that last year, and they won the World <laughs> yeah. Series. Well, this year they're going to regress. How about you regress back into the break room and play Stratomatic baseball and leave me alone, mm-hmm. okay? Because well, I, I enjoy right. this. Well, that's the thing. I find that that's, annoying. It, that, that annoys me, too, because it's, the bottom line is you have to play the game. And, you know, you, you, know you, you put your team together. Most of these teams aren't putting people out on the field. There are, you know, some, some that are in – a down year and they know it and they're going to trot out you know like the Phillies but uh, <laughs> you know most of these teams especially smaller market teams are still putting out teams that they think have a chance of winning and then you reevaluate after May after June and and see if then you could go spend some more money not everybody alluding to what you said earlier about well that some of these teams once you get into the 10 million dollar range don't want to pay it well there's certain restrictions some of these teams have on their salaries. So, um, you know, they're like even the Mets supposedly were almost didn't sign Cespedes because they said, well, they're going to see how far their pitching staff takes them and then reevaluate at the trade deadline again to see if, you know, it's worth spending the money. So, yeah, well, that's one of those situations where you really have to look at what people say in the press and read between the lines and not take it off for literal. They're paying Cespedes $25 million to play this year and then hopefully walk. They didn't want to give Cespedes a long-term commitment because they don't trust him to show up to the ballpark and play every day. He's right. blowing all his money on fancy cars and stuff like that. And, you know, he's, he, there's literally they're, – they're showing tape of the guy in the outfield last year where there's a ball hit to – he's playing left field. There's a ball hit to left center. And the guy's running in the gap to get it, and then the guy's coming out to uh, get the relay throw. And Cespedes is literally in the outfield with his hands on his knees the whole time, not blinking an eye. <laughs> and I'm like, you, shouldn't you be at least pretending you're going to go back up third if they need you? Right. I mean, it was just sort of like that kind of an attitude is not going to make me want to invest $150 million and keep you well, around for I six agree. years. But my point being, though, is, you know, with – all this analysis and stuff, how you know, just because you're a year older that they factor that into you're gonna digress a little bit and you know, uh, they don't know. That they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. The the those Pakota projections and the zips and everything, fine. You wanna do the mathematical exercise and check out your algorithms and, and see how close you are to predicting what really happened. Well, have at it, but I, I wouldn't look at that stuff and well, no, and then anything less than do like they, do they print a shaker how their projections last year worked out? No, compared, that's, that's the beauty. It's just like they watching. don't have to. They don't have to prove that no. that they work. No, they're just it's it's like a look. It's a mathematical exercise. Keep at it. Maybe you'll come up with a formula that really is predictive, and that that would be useful. Mm-hmm. And I think individual ball clubs, for the most part are trying to work this stuff out on their own. And if they do come up with a formula that works, they sure are not going to tell anyone else. No. Right? right? I mean, the P- Pakoda thing is is kind of like open-source software. I mean, everybody kind of chips in, and, and that's how Sabermetrics started. A bunch of interested people that had scientific and mathematical backgrounds and, you know, are playing around with the numbers, and that's how you end up with, you know, ERA plus and weighted runs created plus and all this other stuff. And it, it's one way of quantifying what you see on the field, but it's no substitute for seeing what people mm-hmm. do on the field. It, you, mathematically, you're telling me there's no such thing as clutch hitting. I'm saying you've never been to a ball game. Exactly. So you're right. going to have a hard time selling me on yeah. that one. Um, we're going to wrap this up in a couple of minutes. There's two pitchers uh, I want to talk about that are uh, 
minor league deals that are invited to the major league roster, one of which I was very happy about and one of which I'm totally confused. The one I'm very happy about is Ryan Williams. He was the number one, uh, had the best numbers of any pitcher in the Cubs system last year. He went up from like single A all the way up to high double A and ended up with an ERA under three. Um, I, I hadn't seen him throw before training camp started, but you know, going through all his numbers and doing all the geeky stuff, he looked to me like a cross between Greg Maddox and Kyle Hendricks insofar as he's got good command and like a decent breaking ball, and he's getting guys out, and he's being efficient, and, he, and he's producing ground balls. Mm-hmm. Now, you can argue – there, there's, there's a the latest argument I've seen like on in the Saber Society is like, well, maybe it's better to have people hit fly balls than ground balls. You know, in Wrigley, you don't want fly ball pitchers in general. Ball go far, wind blow, ball blow into seats, well, other team I mean, circles around the bases. Ground balls don't have a chance of getting out of the ballpark. Well, yes, ground that's true. Ground balls have a harder time getting into a gap for a double. Yes. Why, why would you rather have guys ground fly balls don't create. Nearly as many double plays. Again, these are people <laughs> that I don't know how many games they watch, but they're looking at the numbers and they look at like the percentage of ground balls produced and all this other stuff, and, and, and they're coming up with this theory. I mean, ask Chris Bryant. He's like, they try to make me hit the ball on the ground. I try to hit it in the air. Mm-hmm. Good things happen when a power hitter hits the ball in the air. Yeah. Right? Same with Schwarber. Um, look at look at Starlin Castro. How many times has he beat the ball in the vicinity of the shortstop? Like five out of every six at bats. I mean, he was one of the worst hitters in the league last year doing that. So don't tell me that like ground balls don't mean anything. I haven't seen too many teams win games where they can't get the ball out of the infield. Right. You know, line drives are great. If, if your team does nothing but hit line drives, I think you can win that way too. I think that's what the Royals do. You know, they'll, they'll get home yeah, runs absolutely. sometimes. The line drive will get elevated. Line drives will go out of the ballpark. Line yes. drive hitters yeah. are what you want. If you had nine line drive hitters, oh, that'd be fantastic. Um, you'd have a parade around the bases yeah. all season. And, and yeah, line it, drive it hitters joy. don't have high strikeout rates. Right. So Ryan Williams is a guy that I'm looking at as, as being possibly able to help the Cubs this year. If, if he can maintain and, – and they actually – it's funny – they, I tweeted out to somebody in November, where's this guy going to pitch this year? Never got an answer from anything, like put it on at Cubs or whatever. And it turns out not only do they invite him to the camp, but like ESPN, the magazine or something, is having him write a diary of, oh, his, really? of his thing in camp. So somebody must think he's got something on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know, what he does. And I assume he'll be in AAA and a short – bus ride. I don't know if they take the plane from Des Moines. Anyway, he won't be far. I don't know. As far as like, you know, if we need him in Wrigley. Right. So he's another one of these potential starters in the pool where Theo's like, look, you need eight or nine guys. Okay, we got eight or nine guys. They're not all proven, and some of them are in the bullpen right now. But at least they address that depth. And I I think that they've done it with vigor. Like like the faculty guy in... uh, the Matt Damon movie. What was the one? Oh, with uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting. The faculty has answered, and it's answered with vigor. I, th- <laughs> I think that they've they've addressed this problem with with uh, some semblance of vigor. Um, the Edgar Elmos guy, who was up and down, claimed and unclaimed for like eleven times in twenty four hours or something, finally cleared waivers, and they gave him a minor league deal, so he can start now in the minors. Um, 
The Cubs are thinking that he can help. I'm not sure quite what he has aside from the ability to throw a baseball with his left hand that they're seeing because I went through every single peripheral on this guy and I'm like, okay. The, I don't know what I I don't know what you see. I'm willing I'm willing to is. learn. I am willing to learn what you see in this guy. But again, you know, we're thin. The the bullpen looks okay to me. If everybody's healthy, I think we'll be fine. Um there's a lack of left-handers. You don't have any left-handers to pitch the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth. All you have is Clayton Richard and Travis Wood right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that they were thinking a guy like Rex Brothers or something. If you could have a lefty capable of pitching the 7th or 8th inning, that could really help you. And I don't see that guy. And if they can find that guy, I think they will add him. And if, if we lose Neil Ramirez, then we lose Neil Ramirez. I mean, I just suspect, and we'll end the podcast with this, I suspect – and I, I have no basis for this. This is just my own surmising is that there's going to be some phantom injuries. Right. I, I think people want to be on this team. I think guys like Gene Maki, who we didn't talk about, want to be on this team. He was the guy who had a couple of really good years in, in middle relief for uh, the Giants. He's right. 34 years old. And then he it looked like he got hitters like suddenly started hitting them when they, they weren't hitting them before. I don't know if that's an indication that, okay, we kind of know what this guy does or he's lost enough movement and enough velocity where now the ground balls are turning into line drives. I don't know. He's another guy that's kind of like, I want to be on this team. I want to be part of the party. Guys like that, if, if you can negotiate with their agents and get them to accept you know, deals to Iowa and stuff, and maybe we can keep them, they will come in handy later in the year. I just don't see how you can break camp with 17 pitchers. Well, you can't. You know, so I think the challenge for Theo and Jed and, and you know, the organization is to be able to hold on to as many of these guys as they can you know, and keep them close, keep them in Iowa, keep them working, keep them sharp. And then we have somebody to plug in if if one of the well, major league guys goes sure. down. That's that's the challenge, um, and that's the podcast. We will do the White Sox pitching next week. You're going to enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy that. You got some good pitchers. You got Nate Jones back. Yep, you're excited about that. As long as he's, you know, health is always an issue. So Hutch will talk a lot more uh, next week than I will. I'll just be able to grill him and annoy him by asking questions okay. like, "What was his ERA?" <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening to the Backroom Boys. Uh, we got a website, the Backroom Backrowboys dot com. The Backrowboys. I gotta say that a bunch of times. The Backroom the Boys back, just does not. Sound yeah, good. it doesn't sound good <laughs> at all. The Backrowboys dot com. We have articles up there. You can also find the podcast there. You find the podcast on Stitcher dot com and on TuneIn dot com. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.